I do have a couple logistical questions because I am of that mind. How do you guys decide when you're going to stop? It's a good question. She yeah. tells us when. So it's that was my thing was I wasn't sure like how that was going to work. There's no markers. It's just the road. The road's open. Right. So right. she ask her. So we'll be running. And we started and said, when do you want us to stop? And she goes in a mile. And so we go, OK, so then we'd stop and then we go, OK, when do you want us to stop in a mile? So we stopped every mile until after Whitney Portal, we started doing half miles. But that's given because now you're think about it in give in time, right? She's on a flat, flatter court, whatever she's cruising at 12 minute miles or whatever. But climbing at Whitney Portal at the very end, it was like sorry, Julie, like 25, okay. 22, 22 minute miles, 25, just because she's, she's working. I mean, you're climbing, right. And it's hotter it's, in Hades again. It's, it's all uphill for the last. It's all uphill. You're going out, you know, after Alabama, Alabama Hills. So you think about the time and at that time, she's like, literally I'm pacing her and she's like, you know, what do you want? I'm trying to like keep her fueled. And she's like half a Pringle literally so before it was a full pringle okay and so yeah. i get one pringle and then she was like half a pringle so i literally break it in half and only hand her half and then she would so it it really comes down to just if that was helpful at all yeah it is helpful and i'm just like my brain uh can't wrap my head around one vehicle for three or four people and all the gear to get through a hundred. I mean, that is some hefty packing skills. And I'm gonna guess there's no, I mean, how many places can you get ice along the way? There, the ice, we, we could get ice. I mean, you're, you have to logistically plan it out. So, okay. you, you know, you're looking at what stores are open when, when we will get, um, and this is just part of it that Greg's sharing here, because when we got to um, to LA, there were how many Yetis did you have that we that you picked up, Brian? Three, four. So we had five. Anyways, it's a lot of a lot of things, but Julie's so flipping organized, and then we organized the car as we went along, as yeah. how it worked, right? And just like constantly, because you have a plan and then sometimes you're like, wait, I need that thing from that other bag. You just got to. Yeah. So I'm just was like, wait, you can only have one vehicle, but if someone needs to sleep, then that's a lot of room or whatever. So, yeah, it's a tight. It's a snug little adventure. You guys run. So you really do have to like each other a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I think just to add on to that, um, you know, Chris talked about a flexible mindset. I guess what I'd also say is like, everybody needs to know where everything is at. So, cause somebody may be sleeping, somebody may be pacing. Julie needs a buff. Okay, the buffs are here in this bag. So everybody really needs to know that. So I think that's absolutely critical. And that was one of the keys to success. I wasn't gonna say I was always successful, but you know, as the race got going, I thought, I think we all did a bang up job of knowing where things were at. And it then can't be, also, yeah, it can't be one person knowing where the thing is. You all have to know, and then everyone's on the same page. I think Julie has always approached everything like that, even with race directing. Like I've been on, or me and Greg have been on some of the um, 
uh, aid station sides of that. And it's like more knowledge is just helpful. Everyone's on the same page. And I can really see how that, that quality translates really well to actually running these mega ultras like that. Um, so Amy is a super fan of what, what is her tagline on oh her? Oh my gosh. It's so cute. She's so cute. <laughs> so Amy, um, Claston, she did this slideshow, which is great and so helpful and give some context to, uh, what, you know, is perceived from the event and her tagline on her email is like president and co-founder of the Julie finger fan club or something like that it was just beautiful and sweet so she put this together so you guys yeah. she did trademark it you are right um so yeah you have to decorate the vehicles obviously that's beautiful um get a large enough vehicle oh a unicorn on the front too we yeah. love that the <laughs> whole way yeah. And you know, one of the tips I'll tell, um, too, is that the, all three of us packed the stuff in the car together. So it was Chris, Brian and I, and Julie was there of course, but like putting this organizing, how things are going to go. Like we had a junk drawer bag, right. We mm -hmm. had clothes bag, we had clean ice bag, you know, so you just, you organize it and we all put, I, I highly recommend doing that together as a team and decorating your car before the race. Very helpful. Did I also see at one point there's a regulation, like you can't use large vans or RVs or anything. Is that right? Or trailers. Or trailers. Okay. You used so to like, be able to have more than one car. So now you can only have one car. Too. Wow. That's impressive. Like just, I mean, this is a large, a largish vehicle, but it's not massive, right? <laughs> I think, Greg, I think it's it's more of like the clearance off the side of the road. Like oh. there there are some places, and and this is coming from me who got us stuck. There are some places where it's it's there's not a whole lot of clearance off the side. Like sometimes Melissa was sitting in the right side, and she would open the door, and it would be a, a berm right there, and she, you know she'd have to kind of push it out a little bit. So mm. it's it's more about the the width than anything. Mm -hmm. no. You have to have both tires completely on the other side of the white line oh. at all times when you park. And there's there's officials going up and down all the time. So and the and the the rules are seven pages long. So you know you really it becomes second nature when you've been doing it. But when you first start, it's like oh we can't do this. Oh single file. Oh only one of us can be on the other side of the road with the runner. You know so there's different there's rules and you don't want the runner to have to cross the road to the car 135 times. Then they're probably doing 145 miles, right? Thank so you. you go across the road to them. So they just have to keep running straight. So that's another um, thing to be aware of. See those caddies that are there. There. Yeah. Held caddy. So we would put little like stuff in it, like something sweet, something salty, buffed, like little things. And that was our little aid station that we'd run across the street with from the car. Wow. So those were really helpful. A lot of crew mobiles have, you know, those plastic drawers where you pull out drawers. They'll they'll put those in the back and then they'll mm -hmm. label those drawers. So people get pretty crazy with their outfit. That's cool. And then I'm assuming you you learned stuff about this from 2022 and then you put more stuff into practice and maybe you learn some lessons this year. And then when you do it next year. <laughs> uh, I, yes. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a question on what you wear, because we I mean, I think it we just go, oh, yeah, it was hot. 
but there's things in your control for, for the heat. So what are, what did you wear for the race to help you with the heat? Were you sleeves or what hats or what, what'd you do? Yeah. So obviously I was wearing, um, like I like to wear the biker shorts just instead of regular shorts because um, with the heat and the moisture and like chafing, um, you know, something more compression like to your thighs and quads are, I think, a lot better in those types of conditions. And of course, I had a, you know, a, a tank on and a sports bra, but um, um, I think I only wore my sleeves maybe one or two times and put some ice in that. Um, I, I, did wear a hat obviously in this, in the sun. And I was putting ice, um, in, in the top of my hat a lot. Um, but as far as like neck bandanas and whatnot, um, I quickly learned and I was like, no, no more of these. Um, it was like suffocating my like neck. I just felt like I see, I know a lot of people wear them and there's lots of cool ones out there that you can put ice through and they hold and stuff. But I just wanted nothing really as little as possible on my body just because it was you know so hot um and, you know i mean not to, that i would run naked but um <laughs> i mean the the less you have kind of on you i think the better um again you know sun hats i had a big um a bigger hat than what you're seeing right now at times as well but um and of course, lots of sunscreen and just, just, just lots of ice. I, I mean, I was constantly shoving ice down my bra. Um, like I was trying not to get a lot on my shorts though. So it wouldn't go to my shoes because once my shoes got wet and this happened in 2022. So I learned this, like every time they wanted to squirt me, I was like, no, no, no squirting because, um, um, yeah, it would, it would, you know, I blistered a lot in 2022 and knock on wood, I had zero blisters in 2023. So, um, my team did a bang up job on not making sure my, my butt and my lower body was like, you know, submerged in water. So, um, you know, it's, it's hot and you just have to make sure you're hydrated and you're just really, uh, you know, you've practiced in it and you're, and you're just managing yourself, you know, right and left. So, I know. Um, I have two things. The first one is Amy's, I think, trying to razz you and she's asking if you brought enough shoes. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. So there was a, a time when I, I think I had probably six pairs of shoes, um, in, in the car. And I thought that that wasn't enough. And the pair of shoes that I desperately wanted, uh, were back in my office in my, in my gym, in my office. And, um, so Monsoor, bless his heart, was coming down to see us finish. And um, he actually went by my office. And not only did he pick up the pair of shoes that I requested, he brought like <laughs> my entire cube of shoes down um, because he wasn't sure like which New Balance shoes is she talking about or whatever, whatever brand I was, you know, hyping at at the moment. And literally this request was coming in during the race. Like I think Melissa and I were like at mile hundred and Monster was calling the sat phone and I'm like, tell him to bring, you know, this, I need those shoes. So anyway, fast forward, he brings the shoes and they never end up on my feet. So, uh, not to his, to his credit, he did everything right. Except at that point, again, 
in an ultra, you've got to be flexible and adaptable because I changed my mind 500,000 times. And um, literally by the time, you know, we got to Lone Pine 122-ish, I literally forgot about the shoes. And so, um, yes, so the shoes were brought down there and um, they never made it on my feet. To your defense, though, you were dealing with uh, troubleshooting. Another thing that you do in ultra running is it's always the unknown, right? It's the thing that you don't anticipate that will happen to you. And so for Jules, she was dealing with some weird calf BS from running on the slanted road that didn't bother her at all last year that popped out this year. And so the shoes that she wanted to wear would have not been good for what she was dealing with. So to her defense, she had to troubleshoot and go from the nice springy shoes to something that was more conducive to what she was dealing with. Yeah, I think it was what, what mile did that calf thing happen? It was later in the race, right? Mile 75, 76 ish, right? Yeah, I was at mile 75 and, um, out of nowhere and literally, you know, honestly, it was running what I would consider kind of the race of my life and, um, um, you know, feeling strong pace wise fueling like a total champion um i actually was overfueled at one point and and this is something too that rarely happens but it can happen um the the team was so good and and again back to one of my three key things for this year really working on nutrition and it was a non-negotiable i was eating from the get-go when we started like mile 3 the first time they saw me um they were uh, spooning me Annie's mac and cheese. (laughs) And so I would eat a spoonful of that, like every time I saw them. So I probably had, you know, five boxes of mac and cheese all said and done, obviously not all at one time, but at any rate with, with that, the hydration and other snacks I was eating, you know, uh, with, some goo gels and other, you know, products put in there. Um, I actually had to stop at one point cause I just couldn't like process because I just had so much fuel in the tank, which, you know, I'd rather have that problem than not enough fuel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, with that, um, getting to mile 75, um, back to your, um, your, your, uh, question there um out of nowhere my gastroc muscle the big belly muscle in your calf like went on fire and um I had to basic I had to kind of back off the pace that I was doing and shorten the stride change my mechanics a little bit and um because I could barely push off of that right side and and you know if I was 10 miles from the finish I would like maybe be more reckless and just be like, whatever, I'm going to like, you know, balls to the walls, push it. But of course I still had almost a hundred K if not more to go. And so I thought, oh no, like I never thought the race was over, but I thought I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to problem solve this. and I'm going to have to reevaluate what I need to do in order to obviously to get myself to the finish line. So, um, you know, it, it, I had to slow down some, uh, yes, I was climbing in that second half. Uh, you mentioned this earlier, there's a lot of climbing, but it, it just, I could not, I could not get that push off power and, you know, feeling, you know, overfueled and feeling really good and feeling like I had the power, you know, mentally 
but physically now my body was like telling me otherwise. So I had to kind of negotiate that for the last hundred K. Um, and, um, yeah, so. Well, and I saw, um, in the document that you sent, sent, sent over early on, you were saying a phrase that I think is valuable to the community and it is, what can I do right now? And you don't have to be in, in distress. It sounds like to be saying that, what can you do right now to make it better? Um, so can you talk about where you heard that and how, how long did you actually use that for during the race? Mm, yeah. So this, I, I learned this from, um, Jimmy Dean Freeman, uh, who's a multiple time Badwater finisher, um, ultra marathon extraordinaire endurance coach, just, just a great person. And, um, he actually took the time to talk with me uh, a couple weeks out from Badwater and I sent him a list of questions cause I wanted to pick his brain. And again, one of the goals was really like learning, learning more. Like I'm a student and I'm always learning and I need to, you know, tap into as many resources as possible and, and not think like I have it all figured out and, and, um, you know, I'm the master I'm not. Um, but anyway, he, he told me that phrase and, you know, I know it sounds so easy in theory and whatnot, but, um, it was a game changer for me, honestly. And, um, uh, he and I were just chatting today on text, but, um, it really, really, really helped me and helped me stay present. And I use that. No, this is no joke. I use that from the start of the race. Um, you know, I would say really all the way to the finish, there were some low moments where I was, you know, drunk running and not thinking about really anything except you know, what I was you know, just to keep myself upright at the, at that point. But, um, that was really like, instead of future tripping and worrying about, you know, my next fuel stop or where the crew was going to be, or, you know, what the next checkpoint was all I did every 10 minutes, this is not a joke, like every 10 minutes on repeat, what can I do right now? And that would, absolutely, you know, get me back to the present. And I'd be like, Oh, I need to drink. Oh, I need to eat. Oh, I need to tell myself, you know, you're, you're solid, you're strong, whatever, whatever it was. Um, and yes, that I, I, it, again, that carried me for, um, most, if not all of the race. So kudos to Jimmy Dean for, for let me, uh, let me in on his little secret there. Well, because what I'm hearing is that you focused a lot about mental toughness during this race. And then just to quote something else that you said that I think everyone needs to hear, which I think a lot of people need to hear a lot of things you say, Julie, but another thing you said is it takes courage to be okay with accepting negative stuff and embracing it and finding a way through instead of staying stuck with it. So you can be somewhere, but how, how do you get through it back to your problem solving? Um, and what can I do right now? to make it better, to get through it, to sit in the suck for a minute and then get through it. It happens. Um, although your crew sound like they didn't have that many suck only got stuck. Yeah. There you go. Moving. You're so good. <laughs> um, she's got what's good. Very. What? She's got her, her mental execution or the, the mental part of the game is very strong with her. She's got yeah. natural running ability, of course, but um, she has a very strong mental game. Yeah, I think we all agree. Big fan. I, Amy, I, are you taking any members in that club? 
because I will be there. Huge, huge fan. <laughs> well, um, we are actively taking members. Um, feel free to apply. <laughs> Send me a DM on Instagram. I'm the annoying person that's always on our social media. I don't so, think uh, you're yeah. annoying. I think you're so <laughs> wonderful. You made a slideshow for our post show. Um, yeah, you just you share all our stuff. Of course, well, always. I'm not an ultra runner. I am truly yes. just here as Julie's uh, fan club. So <laughs> it just takes time. Yet is a good word. Not yet. <laughs> I do have one other you member of the fan end. club. <gasps> Another. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Hi, Tess. <laughs> Who is that, Brian? This is Tess. She's nine years old and she needs to head to bed soon. We're, we're two hours ahead of you all, so it's oh. getting close to her bedtime. <laughs> Thank you, and Tess. Tess is Julie's away. niece, if you guys yes. didn't catch that. So this yeah. is this is Julie, this is Aunt Julie. So Tess, Tess admires and looks up to her aunt. Future crew member right there. <laughs> Tess is an amazing athlete herself. She's a great runner, gymnast. What? All things. Yeah. Awesome. You're amazing, Tess. Thanks for coming on. Save a spot for an interview in the future. That's right. She's normally <laughs> not this shy, but yeah. <laughs> well, we are wrapping up our post show. Any last things you want to share with the crew, with the world? We appreciate you guys' time from this coast to that coast. I, it was just fun to see everybody. I mean, um, yeah, like MJ and Chris said, uh, we had a really good crew. Um, we had a we had a fun crew. We had flexible mindsets, and we all communicated because stuff changes so rapidly. So it's good to see everybody. Awesome. It is. And, and, it was, and, it was, it was, my hope is that Julie runs it again next year just so we can do it again. Um, I, you know, <laughs> she would suffer through another get bronchitis. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I mean, I think Jessica and Greg, you guys um, always, you know, really drive this home about the community and um, about everybody helping everybody. And, um, you know, certainly Bodwater is, is, is a race that truly exemplifies that. And, um, uh, you know, not only with your, your own personal team, but, you know, the other hundred plus runners that are out there as well. And um, every, every team out there was willing to help us. Um, we actually ran out of Coke, I think. At I was one point. just going to say that. And um, the ice guy. Yeah, and and this other team, um, they were from a different country, so Israel. Israel. They were yeah, Israeli. Israel. And um, they were so so nice. It was like, even though I was like freaking delirious and stuff, I still was like, my heart was like still warmed by the generosity and and support that we were getting. And um, you know, I I I was very. Uh, I was very good, uh, this year, uh, not that I wasn't last year, but, um, uh, I was very cognizant and, and I always want to try to be this way and, you know, say please and thank you. Um, cause it goes a long way. And, um, I think Melissa told me at one point, like, okay, be quiet. You don't need to say this anymore. You know, we, we know you're, 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 you're good. You're grateful for, for, you know, the support, but, um, 
yeah, so truly like a community and, you know, again, what Chris Gossman has kind of embodied is, is this Badwater family. Um, and um, you really, not only as the runner, but the team, you know, really, really feels that way. Um, once you, you know, get into this circus affair and then once you, you know, cross the finish line at the Whitney portal. Well, congratulations again on the yeah. second finish and a PR. Um, we will see you guys on the trail <laughs> or the road or a little bit of both. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thank you. All uh, thanks much. for having us. Yeah, really appreciate it. You bet. Bye, guys. Thanks, Jessica. Take care, thanks, everybody. Greg.